This episode is brought to you by The Running Company Geelong. We are a locally owned small business that services the running community of Geelong and surrounds. We also send product to runners all over the country, so don't be shy in reaching out. Come and see myself, Moose and our awesome team down in Geelong or on Instagram at therunningcompany underscore Geelong. Welcome to episode number 306 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. We really appreciate that you're listening to the show. And uh, if you're here for the first time or the 306th time, welcome to this episode. Welcome my co-host is up in Canberra, Bradley Croker. How are you going this week? Good, Brady. Favourite time of the week. Happy to be here. Monday night at 7pm, hey? The favourite time of the week. I love hearing that from you. <laughs> yeah, it's always good. Last I'll week of school? Uh, no, i got one more. Okay. Not yep. quite there yet. My other co-host is in uh, race week. He'll be towing the line at the Sydney Marathon this Sunday, just a couple of sleeps away. Julian Spence, how are you this week? No, I'm, I'm in the anxious taper, mate. I've cotton wool myself a bit early, I reckon. Have you? Yeah, it's only Monday, isn't it? Yeah, everything. every time I like step outside, I'm thinking, oh, what, what am I doing here? Should I go up this hill? Should I step on that rock? Um, it's messing with my head a bit. Should you Not do... working this week? Oh, I'm working. Oh, yeah. That'll take my mind off it. That's good. Should you That'll do 40 very minutes instead of 50 minutes, stuff like that? Do you do five strides instead of six? All those little yeah. things getting in your head that mean probably nothing at the end of the day? Even even as I'm running, I'm like, am I too much on my toes right now? Like, am I a bit too poppy for, for race week? Should I protect my calves? Stupid shit in your head. Stupid mm. things. <laughs> Training talk, the listener question is all about that this week. So we'll uh, spend a bit of time doing that. But are you excited? And there's a lot of DMs about the weather as well, which I'm sure we'll get to because there's hot weather predicted for Sunday. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't say excited is the right word. I, I, I was thinking just before, it's just such a relief in the first 10 minutes of a marathon just to have everything done with and be out there, just you and the, the road and the, the two hours and whatever it is ahead of you. Like that's, that's a really relaxing feeling to me. Because all the bullshit's done with. Nothing else you can do to change what's happening in that exact moment. And I love it. It's like, it's like a calming feel. Whereas the taper, there's still stuff that can go wrong and there's still like decisions to be made and um, potential hiccups along the way. So I, I don't really feel excited. It's not, the, it's not how I'd describe it. I'd say a little anxious. Um, that's probably it, anxious. Yeah, okay. Well, tell us about your train a week, and then we'll uh, pep you with some questions at the end of it. Okay, yeah. Well, it was a um, – so this was 14 days to seven days, I, I guess, you'd, it's sort of for relevance or context. Um, so this was a taper f- for me. I decided to pull it back pretty hard, actually. 
so I just ran twice on Monday, just tw- basically an hour um, total, so two half-hour runs. Uh, the treaty was the second one. And then the next morning, I uh, ran a bit with Bree, just around Anglesey. Did a, did a hill, um, which, oh, I mean, I'm not right with hills at the moment. We just it's did a loop with, with Bree, so... Like, I'm not going too hard. Uh, next day, I did do a workout in Torquay. So this was my last sort of longish, oh, not even really, actually. It wasn't my last one, but it was going to be my longer rep workout. So I went to the Torquay Sands. It was a beautiful morning. Sun was out, very little wind. And I I ran. I hadn't really decided on the workout before I started. It was going to be like 4K, 4K, 4K. So three by four k, and I was going to take two minutes between. And during it, um, I thought, you know what, it's probably a bit heavy for ten days out. I don't think I need to do three by four k. Like the workout's going really well. I, I I found the pace really easy to hit. So the the, the paces I was aiming for were like three twenty to three twenty five. The day was so good. I don't know. It just felt felt like it came really easy. So I averaged 321, 320, and then 318. It's a bit downhill, the last one. And, yeah, everything was coming to me well. I thought, let's not push this. Let's just back off. Let's just do 2K, or it's like a two and a half or something, two and a half at the end, and just t- take it as a bonus. Uh, what else? That was in a vapor fly. got really tight calves towards the end. That was concerning because yeah. they were – they were a brand new pair, and I haven't had the tight calf thing for ages, so a bit concerning. Um, You'd got but, to lock that in for the shoe too, hadn't you? Yeah, I had. I, it was sort of all over that decision making. It still is. I didn't want to go back on it, mm. but I, it's, I did. Yeah, sorry. And it, oh, it's just like it's concerning because it's not a long session and it's not a fast session either. No, and I, I think I um. I made a comment to Ali that I, when I'm feeling really good, I'm getting up on my toes a lot more, and it's it's probably loading my calf more. But when I'm tired and beat up, I land through my heels a lot more with less calf load. And some of those big, long, fatigued workouts, I get no calf soreness, and I think it is due to how I'm running. So maybe the longer the session goes, the, the better my calf get will, will become. I don't know. That, because on Saturday I did a workout and I didn't feel any tight calf tightness whatsoever, which gave me confidence and and it dialed the shoe in. Uh, that that day I I had to go and s- swim in the the ocean to clean off and then have a cold shower on the foreshore of Torquay because I don't have a gym membership there anymore. Um, so it's not it's it's it was a pretty rough morning. It was freezing cold <laughs> and. The ocean isn't the best, like, uh, shower, I guess, facility. So it's a bit sandy. and but I didn't notice anything during the day. Quite good. Is this because you're on your way to work? On my way to work, yeah. Mm, this is blue collar croaks. <laughs> Men showering in the ocean on his way to work. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> Bet you've never done that, Chris. Well, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you don't have a gym membership. I know you like spending money. So have you seen his home gym now? Have you seen that photo? 
Yeah, but Moose is the type of guy that would spend the money just to have the access to the shower. True. I was going to find a casual gym to go to, but it was all just a bit too much. It was all just a bit too hard. Like, so I thought, you know what, just toughen up, toughen up, get in the ocean. It's about 12 degrees, so pretty fresh. Why don't you just go to Jimmy's house on the way to the gym, uh, to way to work? Oh, it's not really on the way. Oh, isn't it? No, not really. And Jimmy's probably at work by the time I'm doing that. Leave a key out for you, put it under the mat. Yeah, maybe in the future. I wanted to put a shower in at work. Yeah, that's the next thing, Croaks. Perks yeah. of the week's going to be a shower at work. Next day, I ran half an hour in the morning, 35 at night. So, again, same thing, treddy. And then, oh, ran some trails the next day. So, I know I decided not to run trails. And in my head, I'm like, oh, you shouldn't do this, really. You should just work, protect your ankles a bit. It was just the shittest day ever. It was like torrential rain, howling wind. And the only place out of those elements were deep on, in the bush. So I thought, you jump on the single track. And I didn't even really notice the weather when I was in, in the bush. And, and so, I, like, maybe not the smartest thing, but I'm really loving the trails right now. Kind of just disappear in there. It's all single track. It's not very technical. It's actually a lot more, um, it, like, the hills are a lot more shallow because it's, it's all switchbacks. So if you're climbing up a hill out there, you're going up switchbacks rather than, on the roads, it's just straight up or down. So it's more gentle on the body, I reckon. Uh, it makes the runs, like you're still getting the same elevation, but it's a, it's a lot easier running. So it's just under an hour. Then Saturday, I did do a workout. Went to Point Road Night, which is a weird little, it's not even a, it's not even a suburb off, uh, off, off Anglesey. It's like this little corner of the town as you're leaving Anglesey. It's, it's like a real holiday type community area in there. And it's asphalt and dirt roads mixed together. It's fairly hilly. So I wanted to do some hills in my workout just to replicate Sydney because we know it's not a flat course. And I wanted to do tur- to run turns and corners as well just to basically prepare for the race as best as possible. And I know like one session is not going to prepare you properly for it, but I can at least get a gauge on turning corners and um, coming in and out of them. Just stupid stuff in my own head I wanted to do. Probably didn't make any difference. I ran 15 minutes steady. So the, uh, the idea here, I'm going to call this steady. It's hard to gauge pace over hills. So I, I, I was like a brown marathon effort. So I went 15 steady, 8 by a minute solid with a minute jog. And then 10 minutes steady. Uh, I think I took two or three minutes between. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I went 321s, the first one, but it looks like it was over hills. The majority, of, like the accumulative was downhill. And then the ons, I went about 10K effort. So 39, 35, 36, 250 for a big downhill one, 313, 313. 3-2, And then the last 10 minutes was 3.20. That was actually like 3.15 at 2K mark of that rep. And then I turned into a ferocious headwind for a K. So I would have run like a 3.30 last K or something, I reckon. Um, that workout was okay. It, felt, it was kind of like in the taper. 
where you don't really want to push too hard, but you still need to get the work in. So I was just afraid of, of, of doing anything too difficult. And the whole way through the workout, I was kind of just wanting it to end because I, I'm just not invested in pushing myself to get fitter because there's uh, seven days away. It's, it's an odd feeling. It's, it's like I know I need to get the work done, but I also don't want to hurt myself in any way. It's, I, I think be, be, doing a taper at home so the last week, rather than being away, because if the, the the last few marathons I've been away, so Doha I was in Italy and 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 Doha for it, and then Japan I was in Japan, Berlin I was in um I was in America, um so is a lot of distraction. Whereas when you're at home, it's a different feeling for a taper. I really don't enjoy it as much. I don't enjoy it at all, to be honest. I've I've always enjoyed the taper when I'm overseas, but not not at home. And this workout was sort of similar to that. Like I didn't really enjoy the workout, even though I got it done. It felt pretty easy. Interesting. I thought it'd be the other way around. Like when mm. you're at least when you're at home, you're just in your normal routine. You go to work. Whereas I find if I'm away and you're leading up to a race, it's like well, you're in a part of the world that you want want to go and explore but you then well i can't really go and explore it because i've got to sit around and focus on this race yeah and you yeah. want to eat all that food and stuff that you see mm. in the windows of the streets you're walking perhaps it's um because at home like i'm i'm like if i'm not running i'm straight back to painting the house at the moment or i'm looking after pia and so it, it i don't know i feel like I need. I want to get something out of the run I go on, and and I'm not feeling like I'm enjoying it. Whereas when you're overseas, like you get to explore somewhere, you want an hour. You get to go a bit further out of the city, or you get to explore more. Uh, whereas here, I'm like, I, I, I almost. This is a disgusting loop workout. Like, I did 15 different loops. Yeah, it looks semi terrible. On yeah. The this mate <laughs> looked it looked very industrial estate like lots of corners yeah. you're trying to uh trying to get a bit of gps advantage mate have oh, a look at the, that have a look at the elevation on it There's yeah no... I, I didn't see the elevation until tonight when i first saw this just on like the phone i'm like oh that's got a bit of industrial estate about that with all the corners but then it makes sense as to why you did it so yeah Boom. yeah there's some hills like you can get a full-on one minute hill rep which I think I did on one of them. Um, and then you can have a full on one minute downhill rep. So you can go from one minute running like a 325 or something minute rep into a 250 minute rep. So there's a lot of variance in this. I think Sydney's going to be a, a bit like that. I think I saw on the course, one of the kilometers is like 38 meters of climbing. You said it was a um, GPS error though, Croaks. Uh, I'm not sure. I just know that part parts of the city the GPS will be a bit sort of out of sync. Yeah, yeah. We uh, looked up Reese Edwards from last year, didn't we? I think it was like that yeah. far. Got to have a look you at did. that again. It's yeah. like 360 or 350 or something. A few changes, but probably not so much on the hills, is there? Is it still you're pretty better, similar? But you're better off going um, using that the guide, you know, that has the actual, even on the website, it actually has the, the profile. Oh, it does Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, that, that's the best one to go, yeah, because it's um it's split up into like 10K segments or whatever, and you can see where the 
where the significant hills are. I think from like 15 okay. to 20, I think 15 to 20 K is like relatively sort of uphill, but then it doesn't, the rest of it doesn't look too bad. Okay. Hey, what about these sunnies, Moose? For someone who was throwing shade about uh, lipping my sunglasses off last week. I said yours look good. Did you? Yes. I don't know. I did. I, I just said you look real rock star, oh, real rock Hollywood. Star. Okay, I'll take that. This, re- this reminds me very, very 80s or 90s, this I'll... sort of style. Yeah. It, look, I, I like, I hate it when they fog up and I hate it when they move. Is that what and those so, holes are for at the top? I think it's to stop it fogging. And because I had some Nike ones that were called the, oh, they were like the Vapor or something. And they were the ones that Evan Yeager used to wear. You remember them? Oh, yeah. I reckon Mono rocks a pair too, doesn't he? Oh, maybe. And then you know who else? Lopez Lamont wore them. Oh, yeah. Yep. He, he made them look real good. He wears them at night too, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't know. But it, I just had like sweat pouring down the front of them. I hated them. And they were like five hundred and fifty dollars. I didn't like they were, and they were vapor, useless. Vapor wing. Yeah, that's it. Vapor yeah. wing. Yeah, they were useless to me, so I I ditched them. And this this pair, I can't remember what these are called. These are an Oakley pair. They are a bit bit of carry on, and I hate that they look like a tri like it's a real triathlete look. So I don't love that, but they're comfy and they do the job, and I'll probably end up wearing them next week. Given the if the sun's going to be out, I'll wear them for sure. Yeah, good to see. Sure. Good to see Clousy. Clousy yeah. thinks they're cute. Blast from the past. Blast you know, ran for three years as long on Australia <laughs> just to give a shit about your sunnies. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's he, what he's doing on there. What is he yeah, doing I, on Strava? I don't, know. I don't know. He should be on some weightlifting site, shouldn't he? Is he Isn't that what he does bit? now? I think he's lifting. I think I he runs for his wife still. I wonder if he listens to us still. Maybe we'll see. We'll find out. Right in Matt Clowes on someone's driver if you do. Yeah. So that was Saturday. That's good. It's a good workout. You're right. Yeah. Though. You're in that holding pattern. You're not trying to gain any fitness. You're just maintaining. Just trying to yeah tick off days. Just don't like. I just don't like it. I, I, it's a real uncomfortable feel. Just yeah. unpleasant. Well, because the thing is, it's like you you could you could have raced on like you could race this weekend and probably not have a much different performance to what you're going to run this weekend. Yeah. You know, like you're feeling pretty fresh, but you're like, okay, I just have to twiddle my thumbs for another week. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've just got to freshen up a, a little bit more. And even now I sit here, I'm like, why am I feeling? I've got this, the taper can be deceptive. Like you've got these fantasy thoughts about how as soon as you hit the taper, you just turn into this like coils of springs and everything just feels amazing and you bounce around and you've got no sorenesses or tightnesses anywhere all of a sudden because you drop mileage by like 10, 15% or something. Whereas I'm still sore everywhere <laughs> and I've still, I've still got a niggly little knee and I can occasionally feel my hip and my back's tight. I'm like, oh, shit. I reckon race week's worse for those niggles though. Like it's just, yeah, those pre-race niggles that when the gun goes, they just disappear. Yeah, Gen- yeah. Generally, the ones you're talking about, I reckon, you sort of just, yeah, I think you overanalyze things a little bit more during a taper as well. Ghost niggles, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You'll get two yeah. in the warm up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I did 10k the next day, so just oh, 10 and a half um, rolled around the flat. I did that in the morning, so I and then I ran this afternoon, so I had like a full 36 hours of rest. And felt real good tonight. 
like felt like I had a lot of energy. Starting to think about the race, like starting to get those thoughts about how it's playing out, bit of adrenaline surge and that kind of thing. What what things in particular are you thinking about? You're pacing or you're, or you're working on positioning now that's going to be pretty hot. People who don't know expected of maybe, I think it's expected 30 degrees on Sunday with a low or start time maybe 16, 17 degrees up to 24 by 9am I think. Like that stuff's got to be on your mind? It's, well, it's on my mind. It's what I, um, what I'm thinking about is like, backing myself with it because i at the moment like you say it's going to be warm i immediately think oh fuck you haven't run in the warm weather since noosa however long ago um and so it i'm like a a slight amounts of self-doubt there also the mileage thing isn't great uh i haven't had i haven't had a very good um like volume through this training block compared to what i have in the past so fitness was always going to be slightly suspect. And, and then I, so on the run, I'm starting to think about other times that I've doubted myself and been able to, to pull it off. And, and that's probably it. There's been a few times pre-race where I really doubted myself and um, I was able to be successful in that race and do something that I didn't think that I could do. And, and one of those ones was running in heat. So now I, I, I'm sort of thinking, okay, you just got to be smart, and you'll be you'll be okay. Yeah, you've done this before. Imagine all that Doha knowledge that you have. Yeah, it's it's different though. It's different mm, when you've got um, help, doesn't it? it it's like it's, with the prep and stuff, and the pre cooling, and how you should be feeling throughout the race. It being able to adjust things for the heat's probably the most important thing, and recognizing the effects that it can have. Like I'm just quite like it's been drilled into me so much and even preparing Ali for Tokyo just mm. drilled into you we talked about it every day mm. talk about the heat and what it can do and how you adjust and how you plan around it there's a real difference though with being in a championship event with a team of people able to help you with pre-cooling and being on a course with cold drink stops every two kilometers yeah. versus leaving your hotel going to a start line without any sort of assistance or prep area or anything like that it's it's totally different um so you can have knowledge around it but that doesn't mean you can't change anything or like do yeah, the things execute that, off it yeah 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 i hadn't thought too much about that stuff and moose how much is a soccer in the back of your mind with the calves uh I've, i'm i reckon i'm i'm past that i i did enough i did enough mileage in this block compared to the last block where I'm comfortable I'm not I haven't put myself in that position and and I did some 40k long runs at pace I did 30 30k tempo run uh at like 326s or something so I had no no real calf issues that stopped me like I did that day where I had full on cramps in my calf so I I I think the, the shoes that day as well they were quite aggressive they were very different i'd never tested them that 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 length before so i, I i'm comfortable this time around mm. and a congratulations is in order because uh today you were selected in the victorian team bit of <laughs> bit of stuff across my desk it, it listed all the people in the state teams for the australian championships and you're in i didn't get a phone call oh well, your name's on the list mate representing victoria the big v 
Jeez, you know those those phone calls that you get where you film it, or like the coach calls you in to yeah. the ref? Did the you, bats do that? Uh, we've filmed it where they um where they call their parents to tell them call that they made the team. Yeah, you can do yeah. that too if you want. Do you have a Vic uniform, Moose? No, I don't. I don't. I've got one. I'll post it down to you. Brett Robinson, Julian Spence, Matt Gunther, Matthew Schumberg. He ran a good Boston Marathon over the hills as well. I reckon he ran two twenty low, didn't he? He could be good at Sydney. Simon Hans, the uh, the owner Big of, Hansy, Ernie, of Old. Ernie Old, and John Marr, the legend, back in uh, born back in nineteen sixty three. The one veteran, of, one of the veteran legends, and he's got some quick marathon times. He was a two fifteen or sixteen guy back in his heyday, wasn't he? That's he's still str- pretty good. That's a strong Vic team. Still, and what do they take? The top five, or I think it's only three, like three or four, Maybe isn't three, it? Three, yeah. yeah, top three, yeah. Point scores um, be good. But it's weird. There's no like no Benny Saint, no Tommy DeCano for New South Wales, which is odd. Dean Menzies is the one you got to watch, I reckon, from Western Australia. Moose, he ran two seventeen high, or, or did he run two eighteen high? What did he run at the Gold Coast, Croaks? Can you remember? Mm, two seventeen. That was high, off. That was off, like with the pacer as well. With Malcolm Hicks, and then he kicked off that. Oh, so he touched you up? Oh, he absolutely touched me up. He yeah. um he dominated that pack. He was way too good to be even in that pack for twenty k. Um, so and that was yeah we talked about the heat at Gold Coast, similar stuff that you're going to experience in Sydney. Similar, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> no, he ran two seventeen forty one at Osaka in Japan. Let me see what he ran this year. I thought he was going. To, I thought he ran two seventeen at Gold Coast uh, as well. Two eighteen oh five. That's pretty Lord. good, yeah. Um, a few good ones in the books for him. Yeah. I don't know. He's ran 217 and 218 this year. So he'll be yeah. all right. He, he no, did he'll only, be good. He did only run 67.30 at Sunshine Coast half a few weeks ago, though. The race pace, maybe. Maybe, yeah. It's a long way to go from Perth to Sunshine Coast, though, for a 20K at race pace, 21K. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on him, Moose. I'm sure there'll be a lot of listeners uh, tracking you. Do you know what bib number and stuff you are? Uh, just, just, no. just type his name into the app, listeners. You'll be able to find him. Yeah. Um, Thinking about thoughts on wearing no no shirt for the race, given the heat? Oh, I thought you were joking today when you put that in the message group. I was not joking. And just put the bib on the on the shorts. On the shorts, yeah. Yeah, look. Mm. If anyone if can pull allowed. it off, it's you. Well, what do you what, why wouldn't you do it? You're allowed to do it. You see triathletes and stuff doing it all the time. Tell me, tell me a reason you wouldn't some, do it. Some guy ran Gold Coast in Speedos. That was it. Speedos. And he was running pretty well. I reckon he was in front of Jen Gregson. I oh. remember on the outer back, I reckon he ran 225 or something in Speedos. Oh, maybe a triathlete. Yeah, not sure. I think I it was a then. triathlete. Where would have he had his bib then? I don't even mm, know. That's a good yeah. question. Maybe they used one of those race bib belts. Maybe, So yeah. they like pin it on a belt. Because that's the issue with going no top. That Where do you put your bib? You could probably get a little belt yeah. at the expo. It could bounce, though. Sure, you sell one in store, don't you? Oh, we yeah, sort of. Maybe. Because you're really going to wear half tights or splitties? Well, now it's going to be hot. I'm going to wear spl- splitties, I think. Because mm. you want some more air airflow. Half tights can get a little hot. They little can. But more, more chance of chafing, though, in the heat. And the oh, less pockets splitties? for gels. Yeah, yeah. But we get... We're going to get drinks. Apparently, we have got some personal drinks, so I'll be able to put them out, and then I won't need to carry too many gels. The new Nike splitties have gel pockets anyway. I just I feel like chafing's avoided by using anti-chafe cream. 
or gel or whatever, slick. I've got a bunch of that that I can use. Bit of vas. I just get hot in half tights. So I, I don't reckon the airs. You, you want to get some some airflow around the plums. I reckon Brady, if he was wearing a singlet, he'd be wearing um, tights. But now he's going shirts off. He uh, wants to go the splitties. He's not yeah. as not as confident going the half tights with no top on. Half tights with no top. I haven't seen that done on race day. <laughs> Doesn't leave I'm, much to the imagination, does it? I'm thinking white splitties too. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I got a pair of white ones. Like, what do you reckon? But when you start sweating, won't they become see-through? Yeah, like, baby, baby moose yeah. on display with the with the uh, tights. <laughs> like wet t-shirt competitions, wouldn't it? <laughs> I haven't actually worn them before. Oh, so here we go. So it's like I try things that you've never tried in training on race day. No, well, just the colour. I've worn the shorts before. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's dangerous. Might now, test that I need... out tomorrow. Yeah, see how the sweat function goes with those. Mm, it's not really like a big worry of mine. There's like a there's a there's a liner to the shorts. And yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Are you think when do you make a call on pace through halfway? Or, or you just wait? Morning see off. Morning yeah, okay. off. Yeah, yeah. There's no pace is out the window now. I reckon it's just going to be because the course is not very fast. So. If I go up a hill, it'll slow down. If I go down a hill, it'll get faster. And who knows what that'll be until we find ourselves, like, probably a K in. What are the women doing? You got any updates on the women? No, I don't have any updates on the women. I think they'll make the call the day before as well. Surely yeah. they'll wait and see what everyone wants to do. And then, yeah, the weather. be nice to run well, with guess... you for a bit. Yeah, I'll be there. Well, our listeners won't. Man. Our listeners won't know, but yeah, Toll is not running anymore, so they've got a bit of budget to be able to afford Brady to pace now. It's a coincidence, wasn't it, mm. Croaks? That Toll goes out, and then I got the email to say, "Hey, we may need your services for pacemaking." Sim- similar fees, I believe. If you listen to the Patreon version of last week's show, I was saying I definitely wasn't going. I was running tan relays, but um, I did get an email Tuesday morning to say, "Yes, you can come do some pacing if you're still that offer's still available." So I'll be there, Moose. So it could be me and, me and you. I think he's moved into the penthouse as yeah. well. That toll is uh, unoccupied. The other thing I want to take there, Brady, is you said if you listen to the Patreon one, did you cut that out of the public? Yeah, well, I said I hadn't heard from him, and then I couldn't publish <laughs> that I hadn't heard from him when I actually had heard from him by the time that the show had gone out on the Wednesday. Oh, I don't know. We look you, after you had... our Patreon supporters here, Croaks. They get the uncut though... version. When we recorded, you hadn't heard from them. So I think that's fair to leave it in. Yeah, what I just else did you cut out that we don't know about? Didn't, didn't want to confuse the general public out there, that's all. Every mm. jo- every joke that we make at your expense gets cut. <laughs> that all gets cut out, yep. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's pretty rare the stuff gets cut out. Oh, to be honest, the patrons get to hear a bit of extra stuff here and then. So that's just the benefit of being a patron supporter. Well, tell us about your week, Brady, yeah. and how that's all changed since you got the call up for pacing. That did change. So, yeah, I got that email Tuesday morning. So Monday, oh, Monday I was busted up after that half marathon. I don't know, do you reckon the road was on a camber or something, Moose? I was like, at Burnley. At Burnley. I like, a little bit, but not too bad. I felt like marathon-like when I got up Monday morning. And maybe the drive home, I don't know. Anyway, so I went for a walk on Monday morning. just to, I wanted to actually get out and just move my legs. Um, so I still got up early and probably walked, I don't know, 2 or 3K. Listened to um, Kane Corns and Nathan Buckley talking about footy stuff. Took a takeaway coffee with me. Just um, It was very pleasant, actually, going for a morning walk just to loosen up the legs. 
And then in the afternoon, after like moving my legs for the whole day, I did get out for 7K at 4.49. My right Achilles was kind of a bit flared, like right at the back of the heel, which I, I've had on and off for the last couple of years. Um, never really caused me many issues once a couple of days post-race. And my left hammy, which I've had issues with that before as well. So just been um, doing a stack of rehab stuff on that. And the, the hammy settled down, the calf I'm still doing a bit of work on. Um, but yeah, 7k at 4.49s, just ticking the legs over. Tuesday, I, I never do a workout off the back of a of a Sunday race, and especially wouldn't do it after a half marathon. So Tuesday was still 60 minutes at 4.33s in the morning, and then 30 minutes at 4.39s um, in the afternoon. Wednesday was the same, 60 in the morning, 30 in the afternoon, and a bit of gym. Um, Thursday, I did 16k, and I just chucked in 10 one-minute surges off a minute jog, in in the uh, kind of 30 minutes into it, I think it was, just kind of rolling at three minute K pace, just trying to tick the legs over just to see how I felt at pace. And that felt pretty good. Um, And then the afternoon after work, 8K, like light drizzling rain. It was beautiful just out there jogging. I think like I run way too much with my headphones in as well. And when it was raining, I left the headphones at home and just enjoyed just hearing the rainfall and just, yeah, it's just a beautiful run. My favorite runner last week was that 8 k Friday, 60 minutes um, in the morning again. So I was really torn between like, I wanted to try and get a bit of marathon stuff done for this pacing job, but the first priority was to recover off the half marathon. Um, and then 30 minutes after school on Friday, we've got this like illegal bike gang, these kids, they're riding around like bikes with like whippersnipper motors. On their, on their push bikes and I don't know how they haven't been arrested yet and when I was out running I come I reckon I've ran past them like five times in the last two weeks because you can hear them coming like a k away um and yeah I had an encounter where they nearly took me out going around one of the corners but um just kids real blue collar kind of like e-bike kind of vibes as well but I don't know like yeah the police station's like three blocks from our house and I don't know how these guys they must just pretty much ride past the police station and no one no one cares, but it's kind of fun seeing them out there. Do they, uh, they lift you off a bit? Ah, uh, they don't lift me off. I, I give them a the thumbs up and stuff, try to encourage it a bit. I reckon it's pretty cool. Well, I shouldn't shouldn't say that. Like, <laughs> Wait, they're, what? They're like they're just like just kids just riding bikes. You know what I mean? They probably shouldn't be on the road, but I get that out in the bush and stuff. You know what I'm saying? They're just some kids having fun on their old push bikes, getting oh. out of the bush. You're not sounds old like, enough. Sounds like you're a bit scared of them, so you're just <laughs> trying to be their best friend. Just trying to be their mate, yeah. So, mind you, they went past my house the other day and there was a guy on an actual, like, full-on dirt bike just popping a mono past my house. And I'm just like, when did they, like, recruit actual people on motorbikes? There'd be 10 of them hooking around the streets. So, I don't know what's going on there, but if anyone from you the local... You have motorcycle gangs up there? Uh, we used to... The president of one of the bikey gangs used to live here. Like, the Banditos or something like that, I reckon. Go- oh, yeah. Google it. Google, like, bikey boss at Chukamoama. Yeah, he used to live in Achuca. I don't know if do it I still does. Achuca or Moama? Ja, do type Achuca, to... because he used to live in the same street as the guy I worked with back in the day. And he reckons he was a very pleasant man. So, yeah, see if anything comes up there. Um, anyway, Saturday, I did get out for a marathon workout. I did uh, 6K, 5K, 4K, 3K, all off 1K float, hovered around 320 pace and then um, for the ons, and then 340, 345 pace for the floats. All up, it was 21K at 322s. So feeling confident i can um yeah get this pace job done it was cold though like feels like zero 
So it's going to be a bit of a shock to my system when it we get out there on Sunday morning and it's closer to 20 degrees um, because there's some fast ladies coming, boys. Like Judith Korea, she's run 218, silver medalist at the World Champs. And Angela Tanui, she's run 217. Um, yeah. so... Do these girls know that you're pacing? <laughs> I don't know. And the problem, and the problem as well, Brady... I'll be on full gas of... to keep in front of it. And there's hills, and it's going to be hot. Like, this is well, not going to be a Gold Coast-type job, Crokes, when you're jogging along, like, the heart rate's at one 150. Yeah, well, the other thing is, these athletes often don't adjust for the heat. So they're, they're potentially going to go at the same pace that they yeah. were planning on going if it was 12 degrees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which will obviously make work. the pacing, you know, harder um, early. Yeah, I'm prepping for like, yeah, tw- at least getting to 25K, but it's I'm not thinking about anything other than 25K. Like, I'm doing a 25K race, which I did 21K last week at 310s, 309s. So I should be able to get a 25K, and then hopefully the next pay is at um, 32K. So hopefully fang it to 32K. Um, 60 minutes on Sunday at 4.34's week of 134K. So we, um, yeah, go to Sydney Friday night. When do you go up, Moose? Friday night. What time? Yeah. Uh, I am on like a 5.30 flight or something. Okay. Bit, I'm about 7, I think. Got to work and then drive up, so a bit later. Oh, yeah. So. Yep. Both in the right, both in the race hotel. Yeah, I hope I'm rooming with you, Moose. Hope they put me in <laughs> view. That'd be good, mate. I had to sell a fucking kidney to pay for my accommodation <laughs> there. Purchase of the week. It's not. It's pretty hard to find accommodation, like that's not under five hundred bucks a night near that start line or finish line mm. area. Is it really Very, is it that expensive? It's real expensive. Yeah. Um, so unless you want to stay in like a youth hostel or something, you've got expensive which, taste though. Like, nah, 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 nah. I just want a king size bed. <laughs> I just want a pool a poolside room. <laughs> now I know why he cancelled his gym membership. Yeah, pay for the accommodation. Yeah, well, it's it. I'm hoping I'm treating it like a little getaway with the wife. I have, just have to run on Sunday morning. I really do hope that we find ourselves in the same group with Ash Watson, Matty Gunther, and this Kenyan pacer they're flying over. And this Kenyan pacer is going to be like, what the hell are all these guys talking about? Uh, we'll <laughs> just have fun whipping each other off, I reckon. I don't think I'm going to be in the group yeah. with you. Yeah, I reckon you'll probably hit me, I reckon, if I lip off too much. Actually, I won't be able to lip off. I'm going to be working pretty hard. Well, I'm not, yeah. this Because you'll be pretty serious. I'll be like, cut the shit, Brady. This isn't the time for jokes. Be... What I will be nervous is, what is like, he's going to be maxed out for twenty k. I reckon it's going to be really interesting seeing him go. That's probably what'll keep me going is just laughing at how hard he's working, <laughs> and how cooked he'll be at twenty k and have to get home somehow. Okay, Croaks, what have you been doing? Uh, well, based on my mileage, anybody would think I'm tapering for a race, but definitely not tapering. Just um, yeah, unfit and working my way back into it. So Coming yeah, back Monday off heart surgery croaks is probably the best way to put it. Don't <laughs> yeah. feel bad about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Monday, I continue my run walk. So I, but for, this was the first time I went out to Mulligans actually since what June. Um, so I was doing six minutes of running, ninety second walk. Um, so that was yeah. Seven and a half k or so, average four forty fives for the whole um, run, including the the walks. Um, so I was probably running more like four twenties for the ons and whatever walks were. Um, then on Tuesday, went out to meet uh, my group Tuesday afternoon and 
Uh, just jumped in with them for the warm up. I thought I'm not going to do run walk while I'm <laughs> during a warm up. So I just did 5k straight. Um, what was that? Four thirties. Uh, Jack Sanderson put me to the sword in the warm up <laughs> after about 3k. Uh, and then, yeah, Thursday, I actually pulled up pretty well from it. So I'm like, okay, well, I can probably just go straight running now and not bother with, like, the run walk. So I just did a lap of mulligans on uh, on Wednesday, just over 7K, 429s. It was, like, such a nice day. It was just one of those days where no wind, like, probably 10, 12 degrees. And although the running, like, I know it, I'm not feeling very fit. My cadence is pretty low. It's a bit of a grind, um, but it was just so nice to be out there. Um, and then I took uh, took Thursday off. Uh, Friday, I did 7K on the treadmill, five-minute Ks according to the treadmill. But I think it's, yeah, like I think it feels way, probably feels like 440s, I guess. Um, and then on Saturday, I went back out to Mulligans and just did that same lap again, um, 424s um for a week of yeah 34k uh so heart's all good like i don't have any of those sort of irregular rhythms um no spikes in the heart rate no shortness of breath so that's all all positive um it's just yeah it's just that you know what it's like when you're coming back and you haven't haven't run for ages it's sort of you're, you're enjoying being out there but you just you know anytime you think about how it used to feel you're like oh you know i'm, I'm a few weeks or a month away from from it sort of feeling really enjoyable and it doesn't really matter what pace I run at. I find, you know, like today I slowed, I slowed it down like a fair bit from what I ran on Saturday. And it was like average of two beats lower running like 15 seconds a K slower. So yeah, it doesn't really matter too much what I'm running at the moment. The heart rate sort of just gets up. So just to clarify, it's you're in the clear now and it's into the building, building fitness stage. Mm, not in the clear. I um, I'm just waiting to go back to Melbourne. So okay. on, Andre gets back from overseas this week. So I'm assuming he will contact me at some point to organise a time to go down for a for a VO2 max test and uh, to ins- insert that loop recorder. And depending on what happens in the VO2 max test, um, we'll probably determine uh, how much running I can continue to do. Because if if it all looks really normal. He's like, yeah, just, you know, go back and do, you know, 30 minutes a day, build to 40 minutes a day, get to the point where you're running an hour. Um, not sure about sessions at this stage, but obviously if I, if that uh, VT is evident during the VO2 max test, then I'll probably have to, um, you know, change what I'm doing. But so far, like I haven't had any, uh, any instance where I, I think I've got an issue with my heart at the moment. That's got to be a good sign, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, well, I've run. It was happening pretty frequently before. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So all positive, I think. Stay tuned for that. You're not getting yourself to Sydney for the weekend to watch Moose. No, I've got um, Lily's. Uh, Lily's birthday party is on Saturday morning, and then it's actually Viv's birthday on Sunday. Oh, so big weekend be... of birthday parties. Yeah, so I'll be. Um, yeah, here in Canberra. Yeah. You could have taken Viv to come watch for her birthday. <laughs> Yeah, I think she'd prefer oh. to uh, spend the weekend. Her sister's flying down from Brisbane, so I think she'd prefer to um, see her sister. I don't know. Have you seen Moose? Yeah, maybe ask her, mate. Maybe <laughs> ask her. 
No. I'll ask her whether she wants to see you with uh, shirt off and splitties or shirt off and half tights. Now, I hope you're in the lead female pack, Moose, and then because you're going to get so much airtime because it's on live TV and every time they throw the lead female, it's just you hanging on oh. to the pack with no shirt on. <laughs> Massive hairy chest. Oh, now you're making me not want to do it. Mona on the commentary. What would he say? Mona mm, probably wouldn't love that. <laughs> Bit of disrespect to the race, I think. No, he'll be fine. Yeah. All right, let's thank some Patreon supporters. Bradley, kick us off. All right, I've got Brendan McKinley. Uh, he's from the ACT. Unfortunately, there's been nothing on Strava since last September, um, which he ran Sydney Marathon last September, and he's pretty much done nothing since. So I, I hope he's okay. He ran 3.08 at last year's Canberra Marathon. He's a regular at Ginninderra Park Run with the best time of 19.37. Um, not sure if these are his PBs, but he ran 42.10 at the 2012 Canberra Times 10K Fun Run and 97 minutes at the 2012 YMCA Half Marathon. And I'm pretty sure he's the Director of Strategy and Product Design at the National Library of Australia. That's so, a good wow. title, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yep. That's a good title. What do you reckon Very he does? Good. Was that Director of Strategy and Product yeah, Design? What did his Monday look like today? <laughs> Uh, I reckon he went to the National Library. Yeah, I always I love these titles. Can you write in, Brendan, and just tell me what your Monday looked like today? I went to our, would... I went to the Achievement Library today, so I wonder like what it looks like that title at the National Library of Australia. I reckon it'd just be tons of online stuff now, like what, online arch- books and stuff, online archives no, and that kind of thing. He's not doing that stuff if he's the director. Yeah, but no, he's director of strategy and product design. So. He's not like the director of the library or the, whatever they got there. What is it? What would you be? Head of the library. Can't be. It's, CEO. CEO of a library? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't That's know why either. we need Brendan to write in. Thanks for your support though, Brendan. Moose, who you got? I got Daniel Lean from Parkside, South Australia. He's run 1932 at the Gulwa Park Run. 48 minutes at last year's City to Bay. Coming up this week, actually. Hopefully, he can knock off that PB. 89 minutes at last year's Adelaide Half Marathon. Uh, we believe Daniel is an account executive at Salesforce. Salesforce. I'm going to Google yeah. that. What do they sell? I think it's like on. I think they. I think they look after people's online um, uh, sales and stuff like that. So, like you know how you like your um, oh, yeah. like website and stuff like. Yeah. Online sales, so they're behind that. They build the software and stuff. Well, we'll look it up. Well, like, he does the accounts for like clients. Oh, I thought Moose was asking what Salesforce is. Yeah, I am. Well, we bring companies and customers together. Salesforce is the world's most trusted customer relationship management platform, so CRM. The world's most yeah, Jeez. Says. how's that for a title? Do they say online? Do you say online then? Or just online. Online. Bringing online customers to online stores somehow. And the world's biggest people that do that. Uh, what is it? They, we help your marketing, sales, commerce, service, and IT teams work as one from anywhere Ooh. so you can keep your customers happy everywhere. Jeez, big I job, might big actually. Title. You got his email there? Could uh, probably could find give, it in the back end. It. I reckon we could get in touch. <laughs> I'm going to thank Damien Bradley. He's from Dublin. 
in Ireland. Uh, 10K PB at 43.23 at the 2019 Run in the Dark 10K. Estimated best half marathon of 97 minutes. And here's another good title for you boys. He is the Vice President of State Street International, which is financial services. Love it. Three amazing patron supporter titles for their jobs there. Not sure if that's a coincidence, Croaks, that you just did that. You've been saving these guys for the one week. But uh, thank you, Damien, Brendan, and Daniel, for your support over there on patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast if you want to support the show. If the show brings you value, well, it's here, five bucks a month. So if you think what we put out um, throughout one month is worth five bucks, you can support us over there on Patreon. And then different levels uh, release different bonuses. Top level has all the bonus content, over 195 bonus shows. And the current series is there, which is Road to Berlin. Those boys are getting close to race day. Two weeks time for them. Um, you can catch all the stuff, Road to New York, Road to Valencia. There was a Road to London in there. There's some uh, Ask Us Anything episodes. Heaps of stuff. Early releases of shows, shoe geeks, all those kind of things. Once you sign up, it releases a massive like stream of uh, all this bonus co- bonus content we've put out over the years. This episode is brought to you by the running company Geelong. We are a locally owned small business that services the running community of Geelong and surrounds. We also send product to runners all over the country, so don't be shy in reaching out. Our store is staffed by experienced and passionate runners who are experts in footwear and running accessories. We have one of the largest ranges of training, racing and trail shoes in the country and provide a detailed and intuitive fitting service for all customers. On top of our shoes, you'll find apparel, watches, nutrition, socks, hats and all the other rad stuff that runners nerd out on. If you'd like to look after a small business rather than the mega companies of the world, then hit up myself, Moose and the team down in Geelong on Instagram at the running company underscore Geelong or select Geelong at the checkout on the running Let's get to some running news, boys. Brussels Diamond League happened and there was uh, a few world records went down there, or maybe just one world record and one uh, or national records everywhere. I'll start with the uh, women's 1500. Laura Muir got the win there in 355.3. Uh, Kiara McGeehan, she broke the island national record in 355.8. And Nelly Chipchuchur from Kenya was third in 356.9. Jess Hull was in that race. She was fourth in 357.7. And Lyndon Hall was 10th in 4 flat.4. Jessica Hull's definitely got to punch her way through to the Diamond League final, I'd be guessing, Croaks, because that's another pretty uh, solid performance from her. And Lyndon Hall, I'm not sure about that. Do you have any details there? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know um, definitely Jess is in the Diamond League final. Um, I reckon Lyndon, Lyndon's probably got enough points as well. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the reason. She went to – did she go, she go to China? She did go to China, and that yeah. got her into it. And I'm not sure if this 10th place helps or hurts. Because oh, of people who've your... come fifth, big, yeah, you know? okay. yeah, not yeah. sure. We'll, we'll sure get fields of those coming up. Yeah, it's massive money at the final, I think. So good all our cash grab there for the season finishes. In the 2K, 2,000 metres on the track, Jakob Britson, friend of the show, he ran 443.13, which broke the world record of Hisham al record from 1999. Broke it by over 1.1 1. 1 and a half seconds. Um, Stewie was in the field. He came third and broke Craig Mottram's 2,000 metre record, which was 450. Stewie ran 448.77. Uh, Reynolds Sherriot was in second place in between those two boys in 448.14. This is a big record for Stewie. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, 2,000 metres, bit of a... Um, 
kind of nothing distance, I suppose. But I remember, I've heard Mottram talk about this before, how much he valued that record, because I think he'd done it just before, was it the World Champs or the Com Games? Did any of you boys know? I know this guy, he put this time on I the board. I think it was before Com Games. Games. Yeah, Melbourne, oh, yeah. Com Games, yeah. 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 So it was in ripping form when he did it, is the point I'm trying to make. So I don't think, although it's a soft event in the way, because it's rarely ran, I think that was a strong record. Agree, disagree with me? Yeah, I think. well, I think the positive thing is that Stewie's sort of rounding into good form at the end of the season. So I think the since Worlds, it's been about sort of trying to salvage something for the rest of the season, but also um, have some momentum going into next year, which it looks like that's happening. Because obviously, you know, the first part of the season and even last year wasn't great for him. So this is obviously a step in the right direction for him. Mm. He's yeah. still a um, he's still a professional runner too, isn't he? Like, this is his job, and sometimes we get caught up in championships, but he's going to these diamond leagues and making money from it to help pay for his rent and his whatever mm. his life. Well, so a decent bonus, wouldn't there, on his Nike contract to break a national record? I don't know. Maybe, perhaps. Sometimes they do have those things, but yeah, like a professional. We probably lose track of that a little bit, don't we? Is that a lot of these people, like, they don't, they, the contracts probably aren't like as much as a teacher would earn. Like, I'm not oh, saying Stewie's is, I'm not saying Stewie's. Teachers don't Stewie's get paid much, much. Mm. Yes, they do. I know they do. One of I've the worst paid it. professions in this Oh, that is garbage. I've, Isn't a that true? teacher is what, 70 grand or something? A graduate. They're just coming out of uni, yeah. Yeah, fucking hell. 70 grand. I'm kidding, teachers, right? Don't people always bag out teachers for getting paid not much crooks? Uh, yeah, well, I guess compared to some other other uh, professions. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal, if you ask me. $70,000. Yeah, straight out of uni. Not for the work you do. Straight out of uni, that's very rare to get paid that much. Not for trying to mould the future generation, mm, Moose. It's a big oh, responsibility mate. for $70,000. Oh, fucking how many weeks off per year? 16 weeks? <laughs> 12. Well, I'm, I'm a relief teacher, so I have pretty much most of the year off. <laughs> how about all the fucking teachers getting up about about us in the comments and on the DMs? <laughs> fucking real insecure that. lot, you bloke. Good on your writing in paper fucking a couple of weeks ago when our little moose were going Real insecure lot. Real insecure lot. Anyway, back to, yeah, back, to Mottram's, back to Mottram's 2K. That was uh, just before the Com Games in 2006. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see these, like a lot of these crew just keep going through, the ones that are trying to earn a living, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's a, a bad thing, especially once we're, we're past uh, championship season now. Like, they're going to get a rest. Then they're going to build up for Paris next year. Well, yeah. Question, yeah. how how excited do you get by a 2,000-metre race? I thought about this off our response in our DMs and my personal DMs and things like that. Not one person wrote in other than Christian from Norway who was excited about this race. Well, have you ever run a 2,000-metre race? No, so unrelatable. Oh, the most relatable thing for 2K races is the AFL the Australian Football League for people over here in Australia, do uh, 2K time trials. That's the only time I ever see 2K times. Yeah, I didn't oh, get I... up and about by this at all. Like, I'm just like, well, of course there's going to be world records, there's going to be national records. It's like like it's hardly ever run. Mm. And... That's the point. It's not the point that it's a 2K. It's the point that it's so rare. That... It's like someone goes out there and breaks the hour world record. 
Yeah, anyway, yeah. and, pe- and people are generally pe- and people are generally doing this, doing the two thousand meter races as either like a tune up for something else or after the major championships are done. So it's probably not. It's never been a high priority for anybody. Hmm. So, um, but that being said, like Stewie's run was was still very good. Good to see him. Yeah, uh, eight hundred was won by Jamal Senjeti in one forty three point eight. 5K was won by Ren Garuk in 14.26. This is a women's 5K. Izo was second in 14.28. And Tanaka ran another Japanese record in 14.29. So some fast times there. Moose, you're going to take me to the Fifth Avenue Mile. Tried to watch this mm. today, but I think it's behind paywalls for the NBC. Needed a Peacock subscription. The US is always hard to watch stuff. They always put stuff behind paywalls and you need 1,200 um, subscriptions to try and watch it. Yeah, there it's good concept. I think it's slightly downhill, Fifth Avenue Mile. Uh, maybe, yeah, I think it is. Point to point, though, isn't it? Point to point, yeah. It starts outside one of the libraries or museums or something, uh, or galleries up Central Park, and you run down, um, you run straight down Fifth Avenue into the city, New York. I, we, I watched it one year on the sideline. I think... Jenny Simpson won the year I watched. Josh Kerr, he was the winner of the women, the men's. <laughs> He's run 347.9. So that's the fastest time since 1995. Now, who ran faster than that in 95? Don't know, but it was interesting. And so I think his time was the third fastest ever. But I'm amazed that the record, well, that people were running faster back then with like, you know, the shoe technology. I thought that they like maybe yeah. running faster now. Yeah, but I, I think the milers, they actually wear different shoes to like a marathoner. I'm not sure they're all in the big chunky super shoes to run a mile. Mm. I, I got a feeling that they're still like take the older school type flats with them or that like part of Nike's, well, not Nike, but um, a lot of the brands have these more niche, low profile flats where you might not get as much bang from the shoes. But anyway, that's, Crazy fast. George Mills was second. Well, he's another UK athlete, isn't he? Mm. Yep. And then Geordie Beamish, New Zealander, third place. Uh, they were all fast. And then in the ladies, Gemma Riki, UK too? Both from Scotland, yep. I think, weren't they? Josh Kerr. Yeah, and Gemma. wow. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. The UK is killing it right now. 419, she ran and then beat Sarah Healy and Melissa Courtney Bryant. I haven't heard of those two girls. Uh, uh, Jess, UK as well. Yeah, Jess Hull was fifth. To be where Jess Hull raced, just we just spoke about Brussels. No, Jeez, yep. that's, yeah, Brussels. Yeah, that's a quick turnaround, isn't it? Yeah, from one and then she'll head over to uh, head over to Oregon for this weekend for the Diamond League final. Oh, yeah. is that where it's at? Yeah, it's in yeah, it's in uh, Eugene. She had a big spell year, up wasn't that, it? wouldn't they? Yeah, that'll be it, I guess, for this season for them. So it was Isaac v- Vicchiosa from Spain that won in 1995. Isaac Vicchiosa? Yeah. Never heard of him. No, he won 95, 96, 97, 98. Oh, shit. Must have been a big tailwind that year. Um, and the record, uh, Sydney, Sydney Marie, oh, 19, yeah. 1981. I've heard of him. Yeah. I don't know much about him. Yeah. Well, shoe technology can't be getting that good, Moose. 347.52. 
Well, you know, you had Rod Dixon and Dixon. <laughs> yeah, Dixon and you had, um, what's the, uh, John Walker. They were running 348s, 347s back then. Mm. You had um, Seb Coe, Steve Ovette, yeah. Steve Cram. They were all sub 350 milers back in the day. That was like, that was crazy back then. Steve Scott. Yeah, yeah so Steve Scott won this race in 1983 in 349.77. Um, yeah. and then John Walker won it in 1984, 353. They were the glory years of miling. And, and, and those guys used to just belt it out every week. They would go around and they would line up against each other every week. There was no, there was no dodging competition back then. Oh, there was actually, sorry, my bad. I think Seb, Seb Coe and Steve Ovette used to have a bit of a dodge going on. And um, his, uh, question for you, how many Aussies have won this event? Uh, zero. Has Mottram One. won it? Craig Mottram, 2005, ran 349.9. Oh, so, wow. There you go. Bit of history. Any Australian women? No. How Did, much cash? Oh, no. Don't know. Bit, bit, I reckon. Yeah, plus appearance, appearance money, I reckon. Be pretty good. Always a is good it, field. Is it a New Balance event? I think it, it used to be. They used to have a... Halfway split and 800 meter, um, like a timing mat. And if you yeah, got to there, you would make like it would be like a thousand dollars if you were the first to 800 meters. So that there would be guys going out real hard for 800 and trying to get that mm-hmm. cash. And it, it just changes the dynamic of the race a lot. They still had that last year. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm guessing they still have it if they had it if they had it at last year's event. Yeah, probably. Always close finishes too, aren't they? You just Google it and just look at the fin- all the photos that pop up. It's real really difficult to get your kick right when you're not on a track because mm. you just you, it's hard to gauge the finish. These these guys come off bends every single weekend, knowing exactly what's left and how much there is to give. But when you're just running straight, it's very different. Eric this Jenkins. Is, this is wet. This Remember is wet he, too. Yeah, it's heaps of wet yeah. years here actually. Remember Eric Jenkins? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Kick Centro. What's he doing these days? He's retired. Has he? Yeah, just recently. That's young, isn't it? Anyway, uh, Moose, you're going to tell me about the Great North Run, Mo Farrell's yeah. final appearance. Um, yeah, I've, look, there's a bit of carry on now. This, has been, this retirement plan has been going on for a very long time. He came fourth, six, 63-28. No doubt he'll race again. Probably one to two years you'll see him <laughs> pop up. So, like, record this, jot it down now. If I can put a bet on, this bloke's making some sort of comeback. He loves the limelight. But he was fourth. Uh, Tamarat Tolle, our man from Sydney Marathon, just decided to make a trip up to the UK and run a s- sneaky little half. He's run 59-58 to win this thing. He beat Bashir Abdi 61.20 and Mukhtar Edres 61.54. So decent little gaps between these three. Tola, like two weeks ago, he was cooked. Yeah. He was off the side jogging in and I would have thought that he would have had trouble turning that around. But obviously not. Got the IV in <laughs> after the race and uh, just recovered. Maybe some protein shakes and a little bit of relaxing. Uh, so yeah, good payday for him. Wonder if that co- covers off his um, appearance money. 
Don't know. Who knows? I've asked. Well, I'll have to find out what his parents' money was. What, did, what are you getting, Brady? Yeah, I can't disclose that. There, there's no link between Tamrat Tolo pulling out of Sydney and me all of a sudden becoming the pacemakers. Can I just clarify that? It was a joke earlier that Bradley made, and there's nothing in that. Do you know what, Brad? Just helping some people out. I reckon Brady's payment comes out of the marketing budget rather than the um, pacing budget. And so I reckon we should be sharing in that. I don't, I don't think it does. It. I think the guy who sent me the contract has no idea that I'm on this podcast, no, to be honest. No, I reckon this is marketing. He is a real big dog. I reckon the podcast is getting a free whack here. Well, I know that our group our group chats have been lighting up with photos of Brady for the for the market like for the yeah, TV I don't, people I don't like this that, weekend. To be Let's make it about the women in the race, not the pace. Nike. You got the old Nike kid on though, the old sponsor. Judith Career and Angela Tanui. Let's give them the We're not gonna be happy about that. Lulu's not going to be happy, Brady. I'll be wearing Lululemon on Sunday. I've got the uh, the ventilation singlet. That's, I'm not going to be getting hot at all in that thing on Sunday. That's going to pop up on national TV. You covered in Nike. It's going to be looking good. Mm. That's just an old photo they found on Google. I'm not sure where they got that from. Anyway, Morgan McDonald. Uh, women. Bang. No, no, the women. Oh, the, the women. women. Sorry, man. Yeah. I love you, though. I love you next to it, though, this photo. It's got Brady Truffle in brackets, male. Even though it's got a photo of him. And then... It's got Pacer for females. Bib number 45 for all those home. Bib number 45. Put that into the app, yep. ladies and gents. See how I'm tracking. Uh, um, Paris Chepchachir, the Olympic champ. Please tell me that's right. Ooh, world. Yeah, yeah. Sapporo. Olympic champ, 66-45. She has won the Great North Run. She beat Sharon Lachetti, 67-42. And um, Charlotte Perdue. She's come back here. She's had a broken something or other after running with us down on the coast <laughs> earlier in the year. She's looking good again, 69.36. wonder what race she's doing. Is she doing Valencia or Berlin? Don't know. Do we know that? It's a big Valencia? gap, though, isn't it? 66.45, They always go hard at the top, this, these guys, and then there's normally one or two that potentially could hold on, and they're big gaps back. And it's never really like good pack coming down the finish. Everyone's always strung out. It's like the race gets decided about 5K out from the finish and everyone just runs in on their own. It, and they it, go off it, separate start times too, don't they, which is good. Like they're not yeah, getting lost yeah. within the men. It's just a, a race, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yes, Morgan McDonald. 3K, Croaks, see this? He's yeah. back. Yes, just a couple other results, I suppose, that caught my eye during the week was, yeah, Morgan McDonald's 3,000 metres, which uh, was in Zagreb um, last night. So he finished fourth in the race and ran 735.78. That was a PB by about three or four seconds. Um, it moves him to fifth on the all-time list, just behind Collis and Ramsden. So um, Collis and Ramsden were both in the 735s as well. So um, good company there. And then um, the other one, your girl, Brady, G'day. She ran a 5K in Berlin. She ran 14.08, won by almost 50 seconds and was only two seconds off her PB. Um, this is her third time under 14.10, and she now holds the second, third, and fourth fastest times in history. Um, yeah, it's just Kip Yeagon that's run faster than her. Mm. Has she announced a marathon? Is she going to go back to Valencia? I'm not sure. She's your girl. Mm. Well, I don't think she is, is she? I think I said that she doesn't win races. Get off that stock. Get yeah, in the DMs and ask her, mate. I reckon she'd have to. Oh, how long's Valencia? Ten weeks? 
She'd have to announce that soon. She hasn't run one since Valencia. I love that she prioritised World Cross instead of running a marathon in like April, March, but surely she's got one coming. Imagine the offers coming across her desk. Track season's reckon, done, world champs done. Go to Valencia. Let's embed. Maybe it maybe it's Scarter. Mm. Listen to question anyway, Croaks, so let's move on to that. Yeah, so as we spoke about last week, um, Moose wanted to do a little TED talk on the taper, the do's and the don'ts, and the things that he's never even told his own athletes about. So I'm looking forward to this. Just going to sit back and listen to this, Zacha. This is the part where you start cutting this into a reel on Instagram. I did, yeah, I probably got a bit carried away last week, I reckon. Because <laughs> once I got off air, I'm like, like you? hold on, there's not that much to talk about here. <laughs> I've run out of ideas already. Here we, and here I was thinking you're going to open up your little black book of all these, like, secrets. Oh, yeah. I do have a black book. You know who wrote that? The guy oh, from Brad Hudson. Brad Hudson. Brad Hudson, yeah. <laughs> little black book of workouts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Is it any good? Uh, not really, nah. It's just, like, probably workout ideas if you're, if you're struggling to, to, for something. Um, He's disappeared, that guy. I've heard much of, much of him since, like... Um, I guess, yeah, Dathan left him and... Um... Ali Kiefer. Mm. Ali Kiefer left him. Mm. And she's sort of left everything anyway. I think we followed him on Instagram, don't we? And Parker Park Stinson, I think, was coached by him at one point, maybe? Yeah, left left again. I met him in um, uh, Eugene, Oregon, actually, Brad Hudson. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you know, because I think he was working at a running store at the time when I was over there, yeah. Um, Scott, who who we've had on our show, actually, a guest. You know, Scott, he had the stories about Nike in Oregon. I think he was um, perhaps teammates with him at one point, or he at least knew him quite well. He said he used to, uh, yeah, he used to rock around the um, Oregon Ducks, like, mm. jacket and, and hang out around the, the local junior running scene around there. Yeah, I think he came out to Australia as well as part of like some research studies that the AIS were running back in like the the 90s or whatever. Because um, I think he was like a 213 marathoner or something like that. Yeah, he definitely got better after he left college, I believe. I think he was one of the guys that, that got good after. Mm. Um, very, but... very, very passionate about his coaching. Like he was very like all in. He's still got all those. He's still selling that book, Moose, on his Instagram, and he's just got all these like handwritten programs on here. Yeah, there's. It's pretty cool. I don't actually, think there's watch. programs in that book. It's 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 kind of interesting. I reckon. Um, yeah, the, the the books. I haven't read it in years, and I, I kind of had it there just to go through and look at, see what people were doing. There's some really really hard shit in there. Mm. Kind of scares me. There's a bit of that Jonathan Marcus type, super difficult. Almost crazy workouts where I think, oh, I'm not sure I'd ever give that to someone because I could never do it myself. Um, might change if you're a professional runner, though. 21324 at Sacramento, 1990, you ran. Mm. The old downhill. Yeah. The old downhill California International. Oh, yeah. I love our little rabbit holes. Last, last week it was cool running. <laughs> this week it's, uh, yeah, Brad Hudson. <laughs> and his black book. Yeah. All right, carry on, Moose. Oh, yeah, tell, us, tell us yeah, your tips. <clears throat> um, it's it's probably nothing groundbreaking, as you would as you would imagine it wouldn't be, but I think about it because I'm doing it. So at the moment, because I'm so it's I'm so invested in it. I'm like, 
making decisions each day. And, and as I make them, I think, gee, there'd be a lot of people in the same boat right now thinking about this. And the sorts of things that I think about are what shoes do I run in? Where do I run today? How far do I run? How fast do I run? Uh, should I do drills? Should I do strides? Should I do surges? Like, what should I be careful of? Um, and as this week went on, I went from thinking, oh, you should probably be really careful about the trails you run on. You should try to avoid all the hills that you, you run on and, and maybe don't run like outside of your normal routine or whatever. But as the week's gone on, I'm like, geez, I feel like I cotton, I actually cotton wooled myself too much and it made me feel more anxious. Like I, I put all these restrictions on my running and I got to the end of the week and I thought, you, you, you're overthinking this. Like do exactly what you do for the last 12 weeks, just do less of it and maybe don't make any dumb decisions. So when you're looking over the side of the cliff, you go, don't run down that, run around that. Uh, pretty much the same decisions that you would make any other time that you're out for a run. And, and so some of the things that I've put down is you don't run too slow. Like don't get to tape a week and think every run should be the, the slowest pace you possibly can because you're trying to recover or freshen up. That's going to change how you're recruiting muscles. It's going to change how you feel. I reckon you negatively affect your mindset by doing that. But then don't go out and run too fast either. So you're going to have a lot more energy built up, adrenaline. Uh, you're going to be eating the same amount, but you're going to be more fresh because you're not running as much. So you're probably going to feel like you want to run faster, but don't. Don't run too hilly. Like if you don't really run many hills, don't go off and do a hilly run. If you run heaps of hills, don't just go and run flat for a week because you, you probably, your body's not used to doing that. Don't run in the heat of the day. So we know it's going to be hot in Sydney. If you try to cram heat training in now, you're going to fuck it. <laughs> so don't try to prepare yourself by running in the heat this week. Um, and don't run two technical trails. Like if you're used to running trails, cool, go run trails. But don't go off on a new path where it's super rocky and it's very steep and all sorts of like crazy stuff. So they're my don'ts. My do's kind of the opposite. Run similar loops to your past eight weeks. If you're going out for 10K, go out for the 10K loop that you've done for the past eight to 10 weeks and run at the same sort of effort that you normally would on an easy day. Like don't pull yourself back, don't push yourself harder. Just go out and don't think about it. Like don't stress it, don't overthink it. Cut down your volume though for the week. So there's no magic number as to what you should cut down, no percentage that's right for everybody. Everyone's got different stuff leading in, but you've got to cut it down to a degree. And then cut down the volumes of your workouts. So if you're going to do a workout this week on a Wednesday, or you probably should have already cut down your weekend workout, uh, you probably should have cut down the, the workout the week before this as well. But keep the intensity up, just cut down the volume that you're spending time at. And then maintain the routine. For me, it's run uh, at the same sort of times that you would normally run. Keep your, your body and clock the same. Don't start sleeping in heaps. Uh, don't start waking up really early for any reason if you don't have to. Try to keep the body clock similar. Um, if you want 
then perhaps towards the end of the week, maybe start waking up at the same time you might for race day, as long as it's not crazy early, just to get your body in that kind of rhythm. Um, but don't do that at, to, and at the, the mercy of sleep. So that's probably the thing. Like I'm, I'm loving sleep at the moment. I've just, I got myself a, a onesie, like this onesie pajama set, and then we got new blinds installed. So finally, like I can black the room out a little bit. And I've been sleeping like a king. So that's it's been great. I know we had chats about that. I've actually been having a protein shake before bed. So that was some, Sammy McLean reached out. He said, maybe try some protein shake before bed. So I got myself some of that. And, and that's been working well. So I've been sleeping a lot. What's uh, the uh, graphic on the onesie, Moose? You got a lot of pictures on it? I've got like a um, bones. Like, you know, dog bones. And they're in like a cross. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Can you get us so, a photo? I'd love that for the socials. <laughs> Seriously. Kids always at casual school day, uh, casual at school. Like when it's casual dress day, they always wear their onesies. Kids, yeah, kids it's not them. like a cartoon character or anything. Yeah. I'll take a photo later. Yeah, put I'll a take photo in the group chat, see what we do with it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um it's got these like it's got like a a section in the ass where you can go to the toilet. You can pull it, you can keep it on and you can still go to the toilet. Yeah. Don't send a photo of that bit. <laughs> Brie bought me this for my birthday or something one year and I never wore it for like 10 years. And then I remembered it. And so I took it out. And I, it's fucking great. Love it. Uh, what um, about what, what are you telling people? maybe a coach or like general advice, people coming in the store this week? Because I think we got probably 15 direct messages today about, hey, boys, can you guys please talk about the heat? There's people coming from Melbourne, people coming from Tasmania. Mm. People haven't ran in this kind of weather for a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. And there's some things like it's don't ignore the heat. Like don't complain about it. Don't let it fucking ruin your day. Don't, don't let it ruin your mindset. But you're stupid to ignore the fact that if it's 10 degrees hotter than what you thought it would be, uh, things won't change. So you have to make adjustments. And the first obvious thing is pacing. You can't run at the same pace, at the same effort, if it's 15 degrees versus 25 degrees. So you have to make adjustments for pacing. Uh, Secondly, you've got to concentrate on hydrating. So through the run, if it's 12 degrees, you might not have to take many drink bottles, you might not have to take much water, you get away on gels only, but if it's 25, you're going to need to hydrate, and so that means taking on more water. So for me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I slow down after each station so that I increase how much fluid I can take, and I'm going to hit every single drink station, and I'm going to try to hit even some more if I, if like I can find some extra bottles along the way. Um, so maximize how much you're, you're drinking. Uh, try to, for, for me, keep as cool as possible. So I know I'm not sure how cool the, the, the water will be, but it will be a lot cooler than the air. So if it, and just the perception of being cold makes a huge difference. So I love water over the head early, early days. And stay out of the heat the morning of. So just try to stay as cool as possible before the start line um, and during the race, just cold water on the head. It's like a shot of adrenaline for me. I just feel so good after I, after I douse myself in water. Um, I know some people don't like it because it, 
it means they get wet, their singlet gets sticky, their, their shorts might start sticking to them and feel a bit heavy, and the water runs down into their shoes, might get slightly soggy. I'm happy to, I'm happy to take all that for the feeling that I get when the water goes over. And hydrate early. Don't, don't wait till, it, till later. Get the water in in the first like half an hour if you can. The first hour you want to be taking as much nutrition as you can because as you get hotter, you have trouble digesting as many carbohydrates. So the heat can change your fueling strategy as well. You might not be able to take on as much as you, you could if you were cool and, not, and the weather wasn't hot. So for me, the temperature is lower earlier. That's when I want to get a bit more fuel on. And then as it gets later in the race, when I get hotter, uh, I know that it, it's okay if I miss a few because I probably couldn't stomach it all anyway. Okay. So would you go heavier, like considering those issues may arise later in the race when it does get hotter, would you change your plan to go higher carb ratio earlier in the race? Yeah, perhaps I would. I would just make sure that I'm hitting everything early because I'm I'm, I normally go to a very high amount anyway. Like I kind of max maximize my, um, like get as close to my threshold as I can for how much I can take. So I'll probably stay around that threshold early and then instead of keeping to it, I'll just be more flexible in not, uh, in listening to my body and not trying to force it down later on because gut distress is more common in the heat. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Anything else to add there, Croaks? Some people are going to be thinking about this the next few days. Uh, I think the main one is just like I'm sure so many people that listen to our show, they sign up for these marathons and they're not in it to win it, but they're in it to run PBs. Now, I'm not saying that you can't run a PB in Sydney this weekend, but if it is likely to be like mid-20s when you're out there running, for you to run a PB, you probably have to be in at least five minutes faster mm. shape than, than your current PB to PB. And don't sacrifice a good run to try and run a PB and then blowing to smithereens and, you know, hating it out there. I'd much prefer to see people execute a smart race and if they miss their pb by one or two minutes they then know that you know when it is good weather that they know that they're in pb shape if they only miss it by one or two minutes Mm. in that sort of weather so you're better off doing that having a good day out there as opposed to going you know what it's pb or nothing and you know getting to 35k and and walking it in and missing your pb by like 15 20 minutes yeah yeah you got to do i had a conversation today and it was about you got to do everything you can to be feeling good at 32K. Like that last 10K is going to be hot. So yeah. like what what decisions do you need to make in that first 32K to ensure that's going to happen? Yeah. yeah, don't expect to be able to run fast at the end. Like this isn't one where you can crush it later on. It's only going to get hotter. Mm. This is going to be one where you'll probably, sl- you want to slow down the least amount as possible. Uh, mm. I, I don't expect to see anyone getting to 30 and being able to change gears and get faster, not not with the temperature increasing like it will. And with the hills in this race, like it just doesn't suit that type of racing. And this is the one thing that, like I love the marathon, but it's the one thing that I've always disliked about the marathon is that you put you know, your 10 to 12 weeks in 
And yes, you're in amazing shape, but you can't control the weather. And the weather is going to impact your overall time. Um, and I still think you're better off just coming away with a well-executed race and not running. You know, you obviously will run slower than what you expected, but you'll get a lot more confidence from doing that for future marathons than you will by going out at PB pace and and then uh, yeah, having having a bad second half. Um, so the weather is what it is, and yeah, it's the it's the downside because yeah, you can't back up a week later like you can for a 5k if you have a really hot hot day or a 10k. I'm just looking at that elevation graph on their website, Croaks. You're right about that 15 to 20k. Yeah, just climb steady, all downhill from 35 moose. Yeah, well, other, that's than nice. the, other than 30, the last 35. little bit up. Did I say Yeah, 35? the last bit. Yeah, you've little... got to go, come up from Mrs. Macquarie's chair. Little pinch at 41. Mm. Whoa, really? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's harsh. Macquarie Street. Fucking hell. Make... <laughs> All right. Yeah, because you go down around like Mrs. Macquarie's chair, which is, um, it used to be the, the last couple of K of the Sydney Morning Herald half back in the day. Um, so that's, yeah, so you, you run down and then you pretty much do a U-turn and head back up. Elevation yeah, okay. gain 365, elevation loss 405. So it's net downhill, is that what that means? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, uh... You start up over the bridge and you finish it. So it... That's odd. I thought yeah. you started at the water level of both. Fast times come and then moves if it's net downhill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Maybe Cal- we can. California International that'll, that'll, Marathon. They got around 207 there last year. 207. 207 10, didn't he, correct? Yeah, it's a 2-3 guy. <laughs> is yeah, it was it? Fastest, this is the fastest marathon in the country. Like This is where they've run the fastest marathon on Australian soil. I don't want to be hearing any excuses next week about hills croaks. Or <laughs> 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 oh, sore ankles running up hills or anything like that. We do want a guessing competition. A sacker onto that. Put a time out there, croaks. What are you going to enter with? For moose? Mm. For... Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. Anything could happen Sunday. Yeah, I, if you, I would not be surprised if you're the first Australian, you win 15,000 bucks, you run. You, you'd be a smart man out there. Well, the I also thing wouldn't that... be surprised if you become 15th Australian and have a shocker out there. <laughs> it could, there's variables that are going to happen. The other thing to factor in at the moment is they're doing a heap of like hazard reduction burns at the moment in Sydney. Oh, no. So there's actually smoke haze at the moment. How um... do you go in the smog, Moose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, specialist. <laughs> So at this stage on the bomb, it says Sunday's low of 14, max of 27. What is it at, um, at 7 a.m. though? I don't know. I'm just on there. The general forecast. Um, I will go 220, mm, 225, 10. 225? Yeah. Okay. Um. 19 degrees. Hot, it's going to be hot, isn't it? 19's not that hot. What is it? Yeah, that's an hour in. What is it? Two hours in. Two hours in. That's hard on this little Google thing. Says at 11, it's going to be 25 degrees, though. Yeah. 7, yeah, 9.30. Yeah, it could get away with it. Don't know. We'll see. Anyway. Good, yeah, uh, what's, good. What's your prediction, Brady? Um, I'll have to think about it over the next couple of days. No, 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 no. Uh, I, had 30, I had 30 seconds. Well, I might change mine then. I'll go a little bit quicker. It doesn't sound as hot. 
I'll yeah. go anywhere between two, 224 and 225. It's still going to be hot, I think. So, If I'm in charge of a pack going 222 croaks, he's going to be in that pack and he's going to be in that pack for a long time. Mm. I can't see him blowing up three minutes if it's downhill at the end. So I'm going to go 220.55. Whoa. It's going to be 30 fucking degrees, mate. Nitta, Nitta had you at 218 or something, didn't he? 217 <laughs> last week? Yeah, he's a dickhead. Well, hey, where, how, where are you putting yourself then, Moose, given the likely forecast? Closer to your prediction than Brady's prediction. <laughs> what about hey, prediction here? You're on the podium for the Australian champs. Nah, none of that. I That's... can't control others. Hey, what about um, what about your pacing plans for this 15 to 20k section uphill? Yeah, I always have to ask him that. I'm like, do you want us to like just lock in at 3.20 pace and just hold it for as long as possible, or do you want us to lose time up the hills and make it up down the hill, stuff like that? I don't know. Whatever the manager guy says, I'm doing. Actually, that's a really good point, Brady. I was chatting mm. to one of my athletes on the weekend, and like, so he was talking about you know following a, a pace bus, and like this was before talk of like the weather. But the issue with these like hilly races are – the, the paces are obviously quite comfortable. Like, for example, let's say uh, the 245 bus. The person that's pacing that's probably a two-hour 30 runner. And so them maintaining the same pace up the hill is not going to be an issue for them. But people that are actually 245 runners, they're working way too hard up mm. those hills. So you're better off letting the – if the person's running consistent splits – you're better off letting the pace bus go a little bit and backing off the effort up the hill and then catching them again on the downhill rather than cooking yourself trying to keep up with the pacer because the pacer's going to be doing it easy because they're a 230 runner and they're running 245. Yeah, so good yeah. point. So you'd recommend let the hill slow you down and make make yeah. up the time off it and down the hills. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I would do. So I would, that's how I would I'm do in the it same boat too. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my plan is to get to a hill – and adjust my effort down and adjust like my, my pace down, I guess. Cause you're also, no dead, yeah. Sorry, it's no different to if you're running a, a, on the flat, a dead flat marathon, you don't want to get yourself into the red zone and, and getting into the red zone on a flat marathon would mean picking up the pace. Getting into the red zone on this sort of course is just maintaining the same pace, but going up a hill. So you want to avoid that. Well, the so, difference though is that some people might look at it and think, oh, the downhill, my heart rate will drop below what it averages, the average is for the race. But it, it does, like, say, like you go up a five meter, a, a 500 meter hill and you go down 500 meters, and the, the heart rate goes over five beats above average up the hill and it goes down five beats below. And so you've averaged the same heart rate. But the, there are repercussions to going over five beats a minute, and that's the injection of. Of lactic acid into the blood, and and chilling through glycogen too, I reckon. Yeah, well, yeah, mm. you are you you burning more carbs with a higher heart rate. Um, so I I don't like it. I don't like that method. Yeah, twenty degrees at nine a.m. This website says it's not too bad, Moose. Not too bad. It'll be interesting to see if there's any. Uh, oh, that's another bit of advice. Like twenty three at ten a.m. If there is a bit of shade on the course, like try and hit that like even if it means maybe running a little bit further especially if there's if, especially if there's big sections of shade because that can make a fair difference yeah that will make yeah. a huge difference sun exposure makes a massive difference yeah big what is, big sky this actually isn't too bad on this website 15 degrees at seven yeah 20 at nine is this a bomb 
Um, this is weatherzone.com.au. Yeah, I don't know. We're, we're still too far out and have accurate data, but we're spending so long looking at it. Um, we're just on the loose perch of the week. Well, I, I, I've actually... Um, Zach's idea to mention this, boys, is is I'm taking a... I'm taking a sponsorship of the show, oh, the running time. company Geelonger. What do you mean about time? <laughs> You've done 306 like, oh, episodes. I'm surprised hey, you hey, took hey. one out when you can just plug it for free. It's he's fun. our client. Hey, he's I'm, our I client appreciate tonight. It. So. Yeah, you've got to look after me. I can dictate what I want from you blokes. Uh, only 15 um, seconds at the start of the show you can. <laughs> Does that mean you, you can do the reads this week then? <laughs> Oh, no, nah, I'm not doing it. That's what I'm paying for. I'm can paying you, for you blokes to do those reads. Can you please not put like heaps of wordy stuff in the reads? I'm going to make it all about me, and you're just going to have to say, oh, our great mate, Julian, <laughs> who's one of the nicest blokes alive. Uh, uh, but we, the running company, Geelong, going to uh, provide a segment to the show, perhaps. Jimmy, Jimmy Friend's going to get on there. I haven't told him about it yet. He'll learn tomorrow at work. Um, even Bree, Bree's going to come on for a chat. So... Don't think about it like a sponsorship, boys. Think about it like a bit of an educational piece. Mm, that's, like that's, how I'm, that's how how we're playing it out. Uh, but I did actually buy a Pilates reformer on the weekend. Oh. So <laughs> I needed this for my gym. And a onesie? No, no, that's been there for years, mate. That's old. This this Pilates reformer is the last addition to my gym, I think. Um, and it, it fits in nicely because I do like the strength stuff. But then this this reformer is great for for all my core, looking after my back, this bridge in the six pack, a little lower in the abs. Um, I, I I've used it a few times already. I've got to be careful not to overdo it before the race this weekend. But Ali came over just before and and she gave me a bit of a tutorial on it, a few exercises I can do. Looks really fun. You do much Pilates? No, I've only ever done Matt Pilates. Oh, different. This is way yeah, fun. I that. see them at the gym. They oh, you never used it, though? Nah. Well, they're the kind of Pilates studios in the same building as the gym, but it's like a different owner and stuff. Oh, yeah. You just look at it, you know, go in that side of the place. It go wouldn't be cheap. Wouldn't be cheap, would it? Oh, this is way secondhand. These oh, things no. are like, hold their value like you wouldn't believe. Like, I'm buying something that's 20 years old, and it's probably only half price of what it was brand new and if you buy the new model of what i've got i've got this thing called an allegro if you buy the new model of the allegro it's like eight grand and they fucking cost nine grand brand new second hand they're eight grand it's it's insane it, these things are like great investments if you're ever trying to i don't know if you want to take a pun on them you can get rid of them pretty quick yeah, i reckon but... you're missing something at home in terms of your gym and wellness center Sauna? Sauna. I, yeah. reckon that, I reckon that's the next thing for you. Mate, I found one for 1500 bucks. Jim and Geelong is selling it. It's an infrared one. Yeah. I'm thinking, I just it's don't know. Got, it's got you written all over it. I reckon, please wait, Brady, if he finishes top five Aussie this weekend, oh, okay. he'll, he'll have a sauna next week. Yeah, top what, five? What's it pay down to, the Australian price, yeah, mate? It was paying down to, it was paying down to fifth. Yeah, I might have get a sauna for. You can't get a sauna for fifth. But yeah. top Top three, I'll buy a sauna, okay? Done, that's what I'll spend it on. <laughs> okay, her dear first. Uh, what's coming up? Obviously, City Marathon Sunday. What TV channel is it on, Brad? Do you know? Uh, in the 
In the past, it's been 10. Oh, oh it's live footage. Oh, check. Yeah, only marathon yeah. in Australia that's broadcast live to TV. Oh, shit. How about yeah. that? City to based on in Adelaide. Feel for that event. It's not going to get much height with um, Sydney Marathon happening. But I think Jack Rayner's running over at City to Bay, I heard. Not sure about what our female. There's usually some big money there as well because it's the Australian oh, I know. Road Racing Championships. It? Yeah, you got it? Re- yeah, hold up one sec. Yeah, I don't have it. Um, um, point to point, isn't it? 12 and a half K, something like that? Yeah, 12K, right. I think. Always Here we go. that one year. Who you got, Moose? So, uh, firstly, prize money. First, three grand. Second, two and a half. Two. Sorry. First is three grand. Second, two grand. Third, 1,500. Fourth, a grand. Fifth, 500. Jeez, I think um, it's Australia throwing out some money this weekend. And then there's also this, the, like an elite double. Um, if you do the half marathon and you win the, if you win both, there's an extra three grand on top. So what? there's a double bonus of 10 grand. If you win both, you get 10 grand. Oh, as in the Australian Half Marathon Championships, which no, is no, at the Sunshine no. Coast. No, no. If you win the half on the same – the half starts later, later in the day. I'm um, sorry. They're encouraging people to run a half marathon, then run a 12K and win them both. You run the 12K first, you win that. Then you go catch a bus back, you do the half, you get an extra 10 grand if that you win so it. That is so stupid. <laughs> Why would we want to put Jack Rayner through that to win that kind of money and risk really? an injury? Hey, that's he's a professional mm. athlete. This is the kind of stuff you need. Oh. Well, how much was the bonus? Ten thousand. Ten grand, yeah. Ten grand. But here's the people running. More importantly, twelve uh, k. Jack Rayner, Andre Waring, Zach Faccioni, Michael Roger, Liam Budin, um, uh, Matt Clark, Isaac Hayne, Jacob Cox. Adrian Potter, Bailey Merzeki, Hints, female, Jen Gregson, Ali Pashley, Caitlin Adams. That's probably the top three there. Jeez. Oh, they'll, get, they'll get a fair bit of hype, Brad. You've got to remember Sydney Marathon is yeah. only, you know, for marathoners. You know, it's everybody else. Like our guess top distance runners in the country are going to be over in Adelaide. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, Jen could do that if she's training for a marathon. Yeah, she like, could do that. Who's going to be in the half marathon field? Yeah, that's the question. Like, I don't have the soup, half field. If, it, if she can win it in 73, 74. I'm not sure. But in the half marathon, it's still three grand first place. So it's... It's almost it's a, too much money for the event. It's a lot. Oh, you mean like the the 12K should be five grand. The half should be a, a grand. Yeah. That's, that's how I would do this because I don't think... I think you, you, you take away the... You take away the prestige of the 12K by offering so much prize money and a half. Look at over $10,000. That's a big big sum to put out there to double it up. Yeah, so they're getting some cash somewhere there. Oh, oh that's good. So that's the debate. 10 relays are on in uh, Victoria, the last round of the XCR season down there, and the Diamond League final, 16th, 17th of September. So that's coming up. What's going up in your life, Bradley, other than a couple of birthday parties? Uh, that's pretty much it. A little bit more running, and then um, yeah, hopefully get a date soon for when I head to Melbourne. Um, and by the way, Moose, fifth place, fifth Aussie, three and a half grand. Sydney, oh, at Sydney. Yeah. The what? message we the message we got given was fifteen grand for first, ten thousand for second, seven and a half for third, five thousand for fourth, and three and a half thousand for fifth. I'm going to get a sauna. If uh, maybe we'll go top five sauna. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll get the sauna. <laughs> just think about that, Moose. When it starts to get tough at 35K, just think 
you're in the sauna, but if I push through the next 7K, I'm going to be able to uh, afford a sauna. Oh, so okay. Like Benny Saint, Rattler Robinson, Tom Ducano, Dean Menzies. You're a lock for fifth anyway. Nah, nah, nah. No one's a lock with conditions like this. I know. So that's like... No one's a lock. Two of those Brady, five guys won't Bra- finish. You know, Brady loves money. I might go through. He might keep going. Shit. Maybe Gunther will keep going too. <laughs> Ash Watson's keeping going. <laughs> Watto, there's a man who loves money. <laughs> He'll um, run out of his skin for that cash. We know what you're doing, Moose. You're heading to Sydney. Um, and then next week, as part of the running company Geelong's sponsorship of the show, we're going to be hearing from Jimmy Friend and Bree for their first little uh, segment, which is going to be tacked on the end of the episode. So, um, Which then I think is turning into an ongoing monthly segment show, which is going to be cool. Is it called Jimmy Friends and Friend? Jimmy Friend and Friends? Jimmy Friend and Friends. I like that name. It's a good idea. <laughs> I told you last week that Zacha was talking about this to me, didn't I? When I was down in Melbourne, staying at his place. You didn't say that. Here's the ideas, man. I think I did. I like it, though. I think I was, he's thinking about me, thinking how to get money out of me. I, I like think that. He said, <laughs> he was pitching shows to me. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this now, Zacha. It's tough, it's tough to think about. <laughs> anyway, it's coming to my inbox. Uh, see you later, boys. Thanks for listening. Good luck, Moose. We'll uh, talk about it all next week. Good luck, boys. I'm looking forward to uh, yeah sitting down Sunday morning and seeing you guys on the big screen. I should figure out like no a shirt. hand gesture, Crooks. If you see a special hand gesture from me, it means I'm going all right. Do the flat earth. Do the flat <laughs> earth. <laughs> Joe's no, do, the, um, do the AH Elite. Throw up the wings. Yeah, well, that's pretty similar to Benny Go Bats too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Might get some bats going. All right. See you, boys. See ya. This episode was brought to you by The Running Company Geelong. If you'd like to look after a small business rather than the mega companies of the world, then hit up myself, Moose, and our awesome team down in Geelong or on Instagram at therunningcompany underscore Geelong.